Well, this has really been awesome this morning, wasn't it? Actually, it's kind of hard to... Here's the way this deal works. You want the worship to be really good if you're going to preach, so you have you won't have to feel like you're trying to dig a hole, dig out of a hole, right? But then when it's like that, it's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Anything from here on out is probably downhill. <laughs> hey, uh, thank you, Lord. The Lord's good. So I want to tell you something before I give the message this morning is the Lord has shown me something about the future of the church, of our church, and probably for many churches, but um, there's really going to, God is going to shift some things. And what he is looking for is people who are willing to, to let him have his way. And, um, well, I'll just tell you what he showed me. I had this really powerful dream from the Lord, and I knew it was him. Uh, we, were, we were in church, and, um, but it was a little bit of a different situation, circumstance. Um, but there were, it started for me, was there was a person there that wounded me pretty badly in the past. And we were trying to help that person. We were trying to, to minister to them. Uh, and then I went into the, to the church, to the, to the sanctuary, and it, it was sort of time for church to start. You know what I'm talking about? And I sat down, and there were a few people that were restless because we weren't starting on time. You know what I'm talking about? And... So the worship team wasn't even on the stage. They were standing on the wall. And there was a really amazing atmosphere in the room. So I went to the worship team, and the only two people I saw was was, uh, Becky and and Jacob. And Becky looked like she was 17 again. (laughs) Seriously, she looked like, whoa, when I married her, which I did marry her kind of (laughs) young. But she really literally looked like she did then. And I said, what are, you, why, what are y'all doing? And, and this is what I understood, was that God, the Holy Spirit, was having his way. In other words, he was wanting to minister to the people. You know, we always believe in ministering to the Lord first, right? In worship. That's why, why we worship. It's, it's for the Lord. It's not for us. It's to minister to him and then allow things to go from there. But this time the Lord was saying, no, I want to I minister to people myself now where even worship would have to be moved, which would be pretty significant, right? Are y'all following this? And then this other person walked in, another one of these people that wounded me really bad, and this, and this is what it was. I felt the love of God for that person like I have never felt in my entire life. I wish I could make y'all feel what I felt in that. But there is a compassion of the Lord that I know for me I have never experienced. I have felt God's love for me a lot of times in my life, a whole bunch of times. I've been really blasted by the love of God. But this was completely way more powerful but it wasn't directed at me. It was directed at this person. 
You hear what I'm saying? Is God, God really wants to do some things different. And part of it is really is, is His love that He wants to release to people, to human beings. But He wants us to be able, because both of these people were people that I would personally not want to have to, you know what I'm saying? Like, Lord bless them, I forgive them. I'm, I'm moving on in my life in another direction. I don't really need to have a connection with them. But the Lord wants a connection with them. And the Lord really wants to move like that. Uh, that was what I feel like the Lord wants to do. And what, but first, so here's the, the thing that I feel is important. Are you willing for the Lord to mess up the agenda? Are you willing for the Lord to say, I'm, I don't want to do this right now. This is what I want to do right now. I mean, it's easy to say it when we've got our agenda going, right? And it's not so easy to say when the agenda, because there were literally people that were restless in the room because we weren't doing what we normally do. And I just feel like the Lord wants to start talking to us about a flexible wineskin, you know, Lord bringing a new wineskin into the church and really anointing us because that's what a wineskin is. It holds what God wants to do. And it has to be flexible enough for us to, if the Lord has a different th- thought and a different plan, for us to be a- willing to to adjust to what the Lord's doing. And let me just be honest with you all. That is easy said but much difficult to do. It's very challenging because here's what you have to do. You have to be willing to take a huge risk Okay, you had to risk where you're at. You had to risk your comfort. You had to, ri- in fact, a lot of times you had to risk a lot of things. But you can get something that you can't get any other way. I think I'm just y'all just sitting here looking at me with blank looks. <laughs> but I'm saying to the Lord, that's what I want. I want to go there, Lord. I'm praying into that. Okay, I'm not trying to. I'm not going to try to work it out. I can't obviously do that. You know, but I can do this, and you can do this. We can't make that happen, but when the Lord starts showing up, we can respond to Him and let Him do what He wants to do. I'm committed to that. Amen? Amen. All right, well, I do have an Easter message. Praise the Lord. I better get busy here, huh? So let me just do this and see how the Lord, what the Lord does. I'm going to read Ephesians 1, 3, beginning with it. I'm reading out New King James Version because I know these verses so well from that version of the Bible that it's just easier for me, uh, you know. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ, has blessed us. That's a beautiful verse. Well, here's what lots of times that, and I didn't, I missed it for years. Well, immediately Paul begins to uh, explain what those spiritual blessings are, at least some of those spirit right away. Uh, and so I'm going to tell you what they are. I'm not going to read them for time's sake. But in verses 4 through 6, Paul tells us, what God the Father has done for us. And this is what they are. He chose us. He made us holy and without blame. And He adopted us and He has accepted us. That's what verse 4 through 6 says. That's what the Father does. Verse 7 through 12 tells you what the Son of God has done. Okay, He has redeemed us. He has forgave us. He has made known the mystery of His will to us. Isn't that powerful? He's made it known. 
I, I just think that's beautiful. And he has revealed the plan of God for the family of God in a few short words, in a few short verses. And then verse 13 through 14 is what the Holy Spirit does for us. And he seals us. He's a down payment for our inheritance that we're going to ultimately get. He's a, he's a taste of the power to the age to come. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I want to read this one verse. I don't put it up there. I just want to do it. But if the Spirit, eight, Romans 8, 11, if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Isn't that beautiful? How many people feel like in their mortal bodies? We're talking about our human frame here now because we're all human beings. You ever ever felt like you needed the Lord to put some life in that body? Oh, Lord, he gave me this verse this morning because I woke up like, Lord, this is the worst day in the world, but I just feel terrible this morning. I I ate too much cake last night. (laughs) I, I ate all day yesterday. I ate a lot of stuff I don't normally eat, rich food, rich Easter food. And I feel terrible. I feel, I, I told me, I said, Becky, I feel like I'm in a, in a well. I'm trapped in a well, and I can't get out. That's the way I feel. I feel like I'm trapped inside my body. You ever felt that way, and your brain is just like, uh, I don't think I should be preaching today. <laughs> and the Lord brought that verse to me. And I said, Lord, let that verse work in me and bring life to this mortal body. See, that's what the Lord wants to do. He don't want to just touch us spiritually. He's very interested in these human frames. I love these words of knowledge that they were given, like for creative miracles. Like, you know, because I have, I have a need in my life for a creative miracle. I have an eye that doesn't work. And the doctor, eye doctor said, it's because there's a nerve there that's not there that's supposed to be there. That's why it doesn't work. And so I got one eye that works really good. It used to back when I could see with it. And I'm, every time I hear a creative miracle, that's what because the doctor says, nothing we can do for you. You know, so anybody prays for eyes, I'm in. And when he said creative miracle, I like my hands on my eye. It helped me putt better. <laughs> yes, sir. So... I, let, let me just say this, th- those verses really, here's another thing that I feel like we, we're kind of, we all believe in, we all love, we all will amen to is the, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, all of the Trinities involved with these spiritual blessings. That's what struck me. The, the Father did something, the Son's done something, the, and the Holy Spirit does something. And we, we need, I think we're, I, like, Lord, I, wanna, I want more revelation about the Trinity, just the Trinity of God. I'm not trying to figure it out like everybody tries to figure it out. Who cares? I just know there's a Trinity, right? And I want that Trinity to minister to me. I want the Lord to minister to me in his fullness. But then, okay, but then Paul shares all this stuff, some of the, these blessings in heavenly places in these verses, and then he completely shifts gears. And he has a prayer, okay? He begins to pray for these people. He tells them all this stuff. But then he says, now I got to pray for you. He was praying for them because he wanted them to get what he was saying. But he said, because he was saying, you're not going to get what I just told you. You're not going to be able to enjoy and walk in all these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places that you have already 
without my without this prayer being released to you and without this anointing of this prayer coming into your life. And so he, he begins to pray for him. I want to read the prayer, okay? And believe me, this is an Easter message. We're going to really get to the Easter. I already said something about Easter. The Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. He's raising us up. But he starts out, therefore... I also, therefore, after all what he said, therefore, I'm going to pray this prayer for you. You know, I haven't really preached in a few weeks, so I'm just looking at everybody. (laughs) Because I don't know who's at church when I don't preach except the person in front of my face. Okay, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making a mention of you in my prayers. And then this is the prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that's who the God of Jesus is. He's the Father of glory. May give to you. Did you know there's a certain thing? There's, I think, several, there's several things the New Testament describes the Father. He's the Father of glory. He's the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the Father of our spirits. He's the Father of all men. He's the Father of mercy. I mean, it's a very interesting thing if you go through and study that and begin to know how the New Testament describes the Father. It can bring a download into your heart. You'll get to know something like that. But here he's called the Father of glory. He may give to you the spirit of wisdom and and revelation in the knowledge of him. Uh, And so let me just stop there. The spirit of wisdom and revelation is not some special gift that he's talking about there. It's a work of the Holy Spirit that, that Paul was saying, there's this work of the Holy Spirit that you've got to have in your life. It, this spirit of wisdom really has to touch your heart or you'll never see what you need to see. You'll never understand what you need to understand. You will, have, you will read these verses. You will hear about these blessings for the rest of your life, but you'll never really enter into them the way you need to enter in because you won't have this spirit of wisdom and revelation working in your life. And it's for every believer, every believer, period. He was praying for a church. He was praying for the people. He wasn't praying for a special group. He was praying for everybody that they would, they would begin to flow in the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the goal, the goal of the spirit of wisdom and revelation um, in the knowledge of him, in other words, that you might know Jesus Christ better. That's the goal of it. The goal of it is to know him, to get to know him, to have this relationship with him, to understand him, to have, to have this concept of him. And, and have this thing where you, you're, you're getting what he's doing. You're getting what he's saying. Like that dream. That dream I shared. It's knowing his heart. When God's heart is moved to say, Today, worship is going to start after I do something for 20 minutes. It's knowing that heart and knowing that you want to embrace that heart. And forget how things should be. And let them be as he wants them. You know, and so that's why we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation working on our hearts. It's to know him. It's it's really, that's the ultimate thing. And in fact, you go back and read those those verses. Before that, one of the things they use, one of the terms is that all things will be summed up in Christ. Things on earth and things in heaven. He's the focus. He's the center of everything. And without him... You know, nothing's going to work. You know, we had our family over yesterday, and, and we prayed before we ate. This is the thing that, that really fe- I felt like 
I wouldn't even be standing here without Jesus. I wouldn't be in this room, in my kitchen. I, w- I probably would not be alive today without Jesus. I, I don't think I would be. I-, I wouldn't have these grandchildren that are precious to me. I wouldn't have a precious wife. None of this that I have, none of this that I'm experiencing at this moment, I would not have any of it apart from Him. He's given it all to me. It's all a blessing from heaven. You know, and just having that reality work in your life where you realize you owe him everything, but he doesn't require anything from you. He doesn't require, he doesn't require, he just asks that, you know, whatever you would give him, all he really wants is your heart. Y'all, that's really all Jesus wants. I think I've told this story many times. It touched me so much when I was a young believer. There was a guy that was giving a testimony, and he had a baby that was dying. Okay, and he cried out to the Lord, and he started telling the Lord, Lord, I had a promising professional baseball career going, and listed all these things, and I gave it all to you, and now you want to take my child. And the Lord said, I never wanted any of that. All I really want is your heart. Because, do y'all get that? All I want is your heart. You don't have to give me your stuff. You don't have to give me your money. You don't even have to give me your time. If you just give me your heart. If you just let me get into your heart, if you let my heart and your heart come together, all that stuff works its way out in life. Are y'all okay? So then he says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Being enlightened. See, that's what it is. It's this revelation comes upon you. There's this, the eyes of your understanding, or another verse says, the eyes of your heart. It's, It's something that happens inwardly where you begin to see and you begin to know things that you can't see and know otherwise. It's enlightenment. God wants to enlighten us. God wants us to see with our heart, hear with our heart. He wants us to know things with our heart. And it can't happen. It can't happen any other way. It can't, you, can, you, can, you can learn the Bible. You can know a lot about the Bible, but you won't, still won't see and know for sure. You won't see things. There was a man one time who had the entire Old Testament memorized. He could start, you could tell him any verse in the Old Testament, and he could start and start quoting those verses. But that man did not know Jesus Christ. He had no relationship with Jesus Christ. He didn't have this spirit of wisdom and revelation to open his eyes to see the truth and see what reality really is. Are y'all serious? (laughs) Y'all looking serious? Okay. Okay, so then he prayed that you, there's three what's in here. First one, that you would know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of calling? How great is the hope to which he is calling you? That's another way of saying what is the hope of his calling. How great is the hope that he is calling you into, that you need to know that. You know, it will bring you into knowing your destiny. It will bring you... That's what, how we come to understand destiny. That's how we come to understand purpose. That's how we understand, come to understand true calling. Is this, it begins to enlighten the way. You know, because everything that God has created, God created for a purpose. 
Everything. There's nothing he created. He, every tree, every, every bug, every, you know, everything that God created, there's a purpose in it. And without the spirit of wisdom and revelation working on a person's heart, people can assign a purpose to them. People can assign an identity to them because that's what we're built for. We are built for God to tell us something about ourselves. We are built for God to reveal to us our purpose. It answers a question, God, why am I here? What did you have in your mind when you created me? I'm not just living my life and going through the day. There's there's a purpose in my life. There's a reason in my life. Are y'all following this? And, but let me just give you a terrible example of what has happened in our culture. Now, understand this. For the world, this to me is normal. Okay? But it should not be normal for believers. There is a rash of people out there, young people, young girls, that are being told they're not girls. Somebody is assigning an identity to them. Somebody is telling them their purpose. And they are responding to that. Right? But that's not the truth. It's not true. They're a girl or they're a boy. Nobody has a right to tell them they're something else. And see how this goes in life. It's abuse. Abuse is misuse. That's what abuse is. It's whatever you, it's misuse of the purpose of the thing. I can take a, I've done this. <laughs> a skill saw. You know what a skill saw is? It's meant to cut wood. One time I wanted to cut a thing in my concrete and I didn't get the right kind of blade on it. That's misuse. (laughs) You hear what I'm saying? A lot of us, you're messed up in your life because this lack of this spirit of wisdom and revelation working in your life, you're being misused. You're being misused. It wasn't his purpose for you. And God wants to tell you, and he will tell you. He will reveal it to you. He will give you enlightenment about this kind of thing. It's really important. The next thing he says, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you? His inheritance in you. Here's another way of saying that. The magnificent and splendor of the inheritance promised to you. Everybody in this room, God has buried a treasure down inside of you. There's something in you. There's gifts. There's callings. There's there's purpose. There's all these things. There's personality. A unique person, a unique human being that God has buried down in you. And that God wants to draw out and let you know, this is what I've given you already. It's, but it's buried in you. And a lot of times we don't understand, we don't get it. And one of the greatest ones, is they mentioned that this morning, is one of the greatest inheritance that we have is knowing that we are sons or daughters of God Almighty. Know it, not just knowing it with our head, not just knowing it because of the, some verse in the Bible. We know it by experience. We know it because we have felt the Father. We've experienced the Father speaking to us. We've experienced him telling us stuff. That we've had this encounter with God the Father. See, we need to have an encounter not only with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm in for that. But we need to have an encounter with the Father. We've had an encounter with Jesus Christ. We need another one. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? 
I hope I'm talking to somebody. This is all vital, vital truth here. That's why it's a prayer. Years ago, I was given this little booklet because I had, and no, I bought the book. Here's why I bought the book. It's a book on prayers. The prayers in the New Testament. The prayers of Jesus in the New Testament. The prayers of the apostles in the New Testament. I bought the book because I thought, I got the dumbest, worst prayer life on the earth. It's just, I have a crummy prayer life. I don't even know what to talk to God about half the time. I mean, I can tell him about a lot of things I need, but I would like to have something more than that. Are you hearing what I'm And so I started reading it, and all this book was, it would put the scripture in, and then it would give you a model of how to pray this prayer. Okay, and this was one of them. This is the one that stuck like glue to me. I started reading that and thinking, there's something to this prayer that I need. I need this prayer. I need, to, I need what they have here. I don't have this. I'm, I don't know who I am. I don't really know what my purpose is. See, I thought it was about prayer. It wasn't about prayer. It's about God wanting to tell me about me and about him. He wanted to tell me about me. He wanted to talk about me, who you are, Byron. I want to tell you who I say you are. And I want you to start believing that. It's not just trying to memorize a prayer and do a prayer in a certain way. That wasn't the whole point that God had for me. He was wanting me to dig into this. And he wanted to reveal things to me in this. <laughs> and I've been praying this prayer ever since then. Because it's, it's endless. It's, a, it's an endless thing that God wants to reveal to us. Oh, that's really good. All right, is everybody good? And then the, the third what is what is the exceeding greatness? I'm just going through this. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us? This is the Easter part, okay? It's, it's how tremendous is the power available to us who believe. There's power available to people who believe. There's power. There's resurrection power. If there's not, everything we sing and everything we did this morning is not true. It was a joke. If we're going to sing about it, we got to live it. And God has resurrection power. He did not go through this craziness. He did not go through all that. And then Paul right here says it. He says there's power available to the believer. There's the same power that raised Jesus is available to us. It really is. And this is how he said it. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? This is interesting here. Oh, Lord. Um, so, you know, i was been praying this prayer for several years. And then we, I met this guy named Ed Corley. Anybody remember him? Yeah. Ed Corley, he was this old guy back when I met him 20 years ago. I don't even know if he's still with us or not. But here's, here's this guy. He was a pastor. He was a Baptist pastor. This is the classic. He was a Baptist pastor. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. Got this wonderful language from heaven called tongues. Got the left foot of fellowship from the Baptist. <laughs> but he was like a Greek expert. You know, he understood the Greek language. He understood it. He studied it. He was very fluent in the Greek New Testament. And he had this powerful anointing for prayer. And this is what he showed me about this verse. That there are actually four dimensions of power in this one verse. There's four. In other words, the res resurrection power is not one dimensional. It's four dimensional at least. 
it, and here's what they are. One is, is the first word he used there. Make sure we got 119 up there. Becky kept looking up there last week. Becky did great last week, didn't she? Yeah, man, that was a great message. And then Marlon the week before did great. I listened to Marlon when we were going down to that memorial service. And then the week before that, Jim did an awesome job. If you didn't hear any of those messages, I would highly recommend them. They're all different, but all had something that would really speak to your heart. So the first one, the first power is, you know, the classic dunamis power, the power of ability or miracles. It's power to do the will of God. It's the dynamic power, the explosive power. Uh, then the next word for power, there's working, which comes from the word where we would get the word energy. It's the energy to do God's will. Because you could have power but no energy. You could be, oh, I'm powerful, but I'm tired. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like doing this. Energy. God gives us, not only gives us power, He gives us energy to do what He's asking us to do. Isn't that powerful? The next word is mighty. That's another word. It's the power. Listen to this. It's the power to overcome and defeat Satan. Mighty. Oh, you have the power in you to overcome and defeat Satan. Right now, you have that power. That's resurrection power. Isn't that powerful? And the last word is power again, but it's a different power. It's a different word. If you was a, a Greek expert, you'd be seeing all this. It'd be like, oh, yeah. It's, it's the power of God's government. It's his governing, governing power coming upon us. And so, you know, what Paul was saying is... is uh, you know, we need, to, we need revelation on this. We need to begin to see these four dimensions of power. Otherwise, it's just going to be a theology or, or a doctrine or a truth that's really cool. It's really great, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't change you. It doesn't make you any different. It, it doesn't change how you respond to situations. It doesn't change how you do ministry. It doesn't change how you do work. You know, and that's what this resurrection power is supposed to affect every aspect of our life. Are we still all right? Okay. And then he says, I'm going to read verse 20 through 23. Now, he's praying. Okay. Paul's praying, you know, about this resurrection power and that they would know it. And he says, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. And so he kind of... If you look at it, he kind of shifts out of the prayer mode into the kind of the preaching mode. Have you ever had anybody do that to you? Pray for me. Okay, and they start praying. The next thing you know, they're preaching at you. I was in a pastor's meeting recently, and I asked a question. I should have never asked a question. I knew it right away. I'm, I'm dead because I got preached at for the next 30 minutes. Like, don't ask a bunch of preachers a question. They'll just preach at you. They, it started out good. They were kind of really nice. And then all of a sudden, they got in on their thing. And they were just going after it tooth and nail. Okay? And that's kind of what Paul did here. He started talking about all this amazing stuff that God did. He put him, you know, sit him at the right hand far above all principality and power, might and dominion. And every name that's named, not only in this age, but it's also in and that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Okay, now, so you read that, you're like, oh, yeah. 
you kind of forget we're in the middle of a prayer, right? If you're reading this, you kind of forget that, oh, he, all of a sudden you're thinking about all this awesome stuff that Jesus did and, and what God did and how powerful he is. He's the head and it's just full of life. But then, listen to this, but then in verse chapter 2, he says this little phrase. Listen to this. And you. And you. In other words, what he just said, listen to this. This is important. Y'all want to believe in some resurrection stuff? And you. In other words, he was saying, God did all this stuff with Christ. I'll put it in this way. And he also did it for you. Y'all getting this? Everything he just said in verse 22, verse 22, I don't think it's up there. And maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not looking like Becky. <laughs> and you, he made alive who were dead in trespassing and sins. But the and you is God did all that in Christ. And he goes on, if you read chapter 2, he begins to explain that all that God did in Christ when God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and put him above these powers and principles. Probably one of the only things in here, there can only be one head, right, of the church. That's probably the only thing that we don't, and you, doesn't apply to. Because he's the head, everybody else is part of it, but, but we could say, and you, I'm a little toe. Or I'm a fingernail, you know, or I'm a flea on his back, you know. See, this goes back to what we all believe. When Christ was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead. And what Christ experienced. See, do we really believe that though? I think we believe it theologically. That's where the spirit of wisdom and revelation comes. It begins to tell you and it begins to convince you of something. Listen to what he said uh, in verse Ephesians 2, 5 through 6. And even when we were dead in trespasses, one, he made us alive together. Okay, that's one thing. With Christ, many in parentheses, by grace you've been saved, two, and raised us up together. Everybody say together. There's this word called together. There's three togethers in this verse. And made us, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So there's those three togethers, three things that God has done. This is all Past tense. This is not something God is planning on doing to anybody in this room. It's done in you the moment you begin to believe in Jesus Christ. The moment you accept Him. The moment you begin to walk and allow the Holy Spirit to have your life. He accomplished all this because if you were baptized in Christ, you see, that's we don't even get water baptism. We were literally, when we did that, we were saying to the world that we were literally going to die His death with Him. And we were literally going to be buried with Christ. And we were literally going to be raised with Him and seated far above. That's what the Bible really teaches. It teaches that. It tells us that's the truth of the Christian life. That we died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. We were raised with Christ. And we were made to sit together in the heavenly places with Christ. That really is the truth. That's why we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation so we can know that truth. Not only is a truth of the word of God, it becomes a truth in our life. Because when it becomes a truth in our life, our life will completely change. 
Is anybody with me on this? Yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, maybe I'm talking to the choir. <laughs> this is powerful stuff, y'all. This is powerful stuff. This is why, I'm going to tell you, honestly, this is why I pray this prayer. I pray this prayer every day of my life. Every day of my life, I pray this prayer. Now, I have a million versions of it. I have the country version of it. I pray mostly my own personal version of it. But it's, it's really what I'm praying because I want all this. I want all this to be real in my life. I want to live this. I want to live it now. I want to walk in this now. I want to walk in resurrection power today. And I'm going to read one, two more verses, okay? And then I'm going to stop because we can, there's a lot more in here, obviously. Are you, I'm not going to ask you if you're all right. I'm just going to tell you what I said in 2 for 13. I want you to get this. All that's already finished and done. It's past tense. It's accomplished. You don't have to ask God to do it. You need to ask God to show you and prove prove into your heart. Make your heart know that it is done. It's done. It's done in you. We need to cry out to God. Y'all, we need to cry out to God and get Him to tell us what He's done. Not what we want him to do, but convince us of all we have. Because he paid the ultimate price for it. He gave it all so we could have it. He really did. It's a finished thing. It's done. It's complete. And we're struggling to get it. Watchman Nee, y'all know Watchman Nee. He said this phrase. If you don't know about Watchman Nee, you should find out. He said this phrase. It's like trying to get into a room you're already in. You're in the room. Stop trying to get in there. Discover the room. Experience the room. Explore the room. Find out how the room affects your life now. Because you do have it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to earn any of this. It's yours. It's given to you. You have the treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have it. And until we're convinced we have it, until we see with the eyes of our heart that we have it, we'll never really walk in it fully. And I don't know why I've been playing, praying this prayer for a long time. And I thought, Lord, this ain't working. But it really is working. It's working, y'all. If y'all knew me, you'd know this worked a lot. <laughs> Can I read uh, two more scriptures to you? Thirteen. This is sort of my pep scriptures because they meant so much to me at one time in my life. They meant so much to me when I wanted to be close to God, you know, and I just struggled to be close to God. I just wanted to be close to Him. That was my desire in my heart for years. I just want to be close to God. And then I found out something. I found out this. But now in Christ Jesus... You who were once far off, I understood far off. I felt far off. I knew far off. I felt like I didn't fit in. I felt like I was the worst person in the room. I was the far off person. I was once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I discovered it one day. Oh my gosh, I am near to Him. I'm close to Him. Not because I'm praying and struggling and desiring and wanting. I am because the blood made it so. All I got to do is trust the blood. All I got to do is believe the blood sufficient. The blood has put me right next to him. I can't get it. You can't get no closer to somebody's inside of you, right? 
I mean, that's kind of, you know, we call it, you know, men and women thing. I mean, that's kind of close, right? Well, God's in us. But here's the beautiful thing. Like, oh, I get that. I love it. But then I think, but I've been such a rotten Christian, right? I'm such a sinful person, Lord. You brought me near, and now I've done all these terrible things. I've trash-talked people. I've been mean to my kids. I've been mean to Becky. I'm just mean, you know, and I'm so sorry. Now I'm way off from you again. This is, let me just read this last scripture that proves how much a lie I was. Hebrews 10, 19, jumping into the world of Hebrews. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiness, the holiest, what? By the blood of Jesus. You see, the blood brings us near, and the blood keeps us near. Don't waste another second of your life trying to get near to God. Just, it's a waste of time. Here's all we need to do. I'm near. Now I want to get to know this person I'm near. I want to have a, a deeper relationship with this person I'm near. But I don't have to do anything to get near to him. He's already brought me near. He's, he's brought me near. I don't, I don't have to woo Becky no more to get, be, be my darling and sleep with me. I'm, I know that's kind of rough on you, right? But you know what I'm saying? I don't have to do that. All I have to do is get to know this person and have a, this relationship with them and learn this person and walk with this person. That's all we have to do. We don't have to get near. You're near. He's made it. He's made it so. And when we begin to really believe that, your Christian life will begin to change. If you don't get anything else out of this, but I tell you what, I hope this is something you'll do, is that you'll begin to pursue this spirit of wisdom in relation to flow in your heart. And every morning, Lord, let it be renewed. Let a freshness come on me with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I need to hear things. I need to know things that I can't know. You know, this is crazy. God will tell you about people. Here's what he'll do. He'll tell you about people. He'll start putting, you start thinking about people. Okay? Hey, they had a word of knowledge about pancreatic cancer. This week, a person, I've, I haven't really talked to him for almost two years, sent me a text. Hey, Byron, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Hadn't talked to you in a long time. Oh, I hadn't talked to you in I'm doing great. I think, I, well, mostly doing great, kind of. You know, got a few edgy days. How are you doing? I've been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I had thought about that guy for weeks. You know what? It wasn't just me having memories. It was Jesus thinking about him. And Jesus was releasing his thoughts. See, you see what I'm saying? That happens to me all the time. It's just a constant part of my life. It's, it's the spirit of wisdom and revelation flowing in you. Allowing you to know things that God wants you to know. It's, it starts with these things, these basic, they're not basic, they're life-changing, but they start, but it goes way beyond, way beyond that. It goes to everything. So that's what resurrection power is really about, y'all. It, it's about living the life of Christ. It's, a, it's about Christ as your life. It's about living that life, and, and God has a better life for all of us than we're currently existing you know what? The world is in bad shape. You can, it's getting darker and darker and darker out there. It's supposed to. That's my, here's my view on it. Oh, well, that's supposed to happen. That does not shock me. 
the Bible declares that. I want the brightness. That's what's supposed to be happening to me. I don't need to study how dark the world's gotten. I don't need to engross myself in anxiety of the world. What I need to do is I need to let the spirit of wisdom and revelation come on and bring light into my life. It really is. I said what the Old Testament even says that. The darkness covers. The deep darkness will cover. But arise and shine because your light has come. And the glory of the Lord will rest on you. And you'll begin to see this darkness. You'll be able to bring light. You'll be able to bring light wherever you go. Amen. Come on up here, Marlon. Let's have a prayer. I think Becky should come up here too. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm thinking something. Yeah. Becky's pretty, isn't she? Yes, yeah, sir, buddy. You should have seen her in that dream, though. Honestly, literally, she looks 17 years old. Jacob already looks 17, so. But God, you know, there's a scripture that says if we'll wait on the Lord, y'all know that? He'll renew our strength, right? As eagles. That's what the Lord does. He wants to bring a renewal. He, wanna, he wants to make us youth-like. Okay, because I believe this, everybody in here, you, the oldest person in this room, inside they ain't old. Inside they're alive, there's something in them. I mean, you know, I feel very young inside, but I feel kind of dumb and old on the outside. <laughs> like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Old people don't do that no more. I want to pray for you that the Lord release that anointing for youthfulness on us, you know, and that He would renew our strength. We've gone through hell, man. You know, we have gone through it. But God wants to do this renewal thing in us and bring life into us again and freshness. You know, a lot of what they were prophesying this morning about dreams being resurrected. God wants to do all that. That's what his heart is. You know, and he wants to affect you, but he wants to affect your neighbors. He wants to affect your people at work. He wants, you you know, this light to come. That's the only hope for our world is the light of Jesus. And he's given us his light. So I want to just ask the Lord to release that. Yeah. Okay? Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know why I'm up here. But she don't yeah. know why she's up here. Well, you know what? This is why Becky's up here. <laughs> You're gonna, you had the youth on you. Well, Lord, we just want you everybody stand up and. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you so much. For resurrection power. Lord, I pray, I truly pray that you would give us more revelation on your resurrecting power, Lord. Lord, how, how deep that power goes. And how it goes to the most depraved sinner, Lord. Lord, it will go so deep, Lord, that it will reach even the darkest, deepest holes, Lord. And, Lord, we are asking you today to fill us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, that you will give us eyes to see, hearts of understanding, your heart, Lord God, that we may go, Lord, in your love to the world around us and bring the light that you're wanting to bring. Lord, we just ask you for that. Lord, this is not just to affect our lives, but it's to bring light to a dark world, to bring that resurrecting power to a dark world. And Lord, we're asking you for that now. We just lift our hand and just receive 
receive that right now. Spirit of wisdom and revelation, come now. Lord, come. Abound in us, Lord. Abound in your people, Lord, that we may go out of here, Lord, changed, changed. Lord, that we will be that resurrecting light in the darkest, deepest places, Lord. In the darkest, deepest holes that people find themselves in. And Lord, you will do it by the power that's at work in us, by the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you will begin to download us with words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of healing, Lord, that will go out of here on us today. Lord, that we are fully armed with that power, Lord, that we will work, Lord, we will work out of the power working in us, Lord God, that wonder-working power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that resurrecting power that is at work in us. Lord, fill us with that. Send us out. Send us in the power of Elijah that we will go out and change the world around us, Lord. We cry out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I can't follow that, so forget it. (laughs) So, happy Easter. May the Lord bless you. May the Father of lights absolutely shine upon you. May his grace chase you. May his love absolutely overwhelm you. And we all said, Amen. amen. Happy Easter.